Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by Royal Holloway's Shakespeare Society. You join me, Cassie Dixon. And me, Jack Hardman, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bard Times. Today we have a very exciting dive into the Globe Theatre with Royal Holloway alumni Rebecca Hitchcock. So welcome to the podcast Rebecca, how are you doing? Hello, thank you. I'm all very well thank you. Shame about the weather at the moment but um, yeah, all well. <laughs> I know right? <laughs> We're very glad to have you on today. Um, so I know you have quite an extensive array of experience taking part in I think all of the major performing arts societies on campus, but I first want to ask, what have you been involved in since graduating from Royal Holloway? I mean, I've been involved in a variety of stuff since graduating. I, after Royal Holloway, went on to do my postgraduate at Mountview, and it helped me develop my further understanding for the craft of theatre and introduced me to a lot of connections which have helped me to get the jobs I've experienced so I've kind of been involved with things such as children's theatre, regional theatre, course Shakespeare, contemporary shows, concert, immersive and of course West End. Brilliant, very very extensive there. Yeah. I've been, it's, 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 I've been fortunate with the work that I've been able to get and I've been lucky to experience them and get the chance to learn and continue to develop as I move on in my career so to speak. Brilliant. It, it all sounds amazing. Um, with the Globe, though, how how would you describe your experience working backstage there? I mean, as you're well aware, it's a very special venue. Yes. <laughs> it's a complete once-in-a-lifetime experience. I mean, it was short, but I made the most of it. So I sort of assisted rehearsals with performers, making sure they were aware of health and safety. And then whilst I was happening, got to grips with the cues that were needed as well. There was plenty of time to practice them, especially with, you know, those big dolls on stage. Yeah. The practice them, especially to get the know like the weight of them when you're pulling them back and forth is quite something and thank God for the practice. And then um, I got to grips with any cues in terms of props that needed setting. And then whilst I was there, the workshops that were going on during that time I was there. Mm-hmm. So I got to take part alongside the performers, you know, experiencing like Elizabethan dance, voice work history of Shakespeare, all the variety of things, which was all really exciting. And then soon enough, it was showtime and it was such a, this feeling of being backstage when the show was going on and seeing the audience reaction and seeing the, just the vibe of it was just indescribable. And me and and the other ASM were able to take part in the end, the jig, the final jig. So we, we, learned that during the Elizabethan dance workshop luckily and I didn't think anything of it they were like oh do you want to take part and I was like yes of course so going out there doing a dance on stage (laughs) it's incredible and I honestly think it's an experience everyone should get to experience at some point it's indescribable absolutely I I absolutely agree um and from a, a crew member's perspective, what is it about the Globe as an institution that provides such an outlet for the Shakespearean experience? I mean, I think with the fact that it's being a replica Elizabethan playhouse in itself, it provides, it's an education centre as well. It provides such a clear opening for people of various ages to experience Shakespeare at the fullest. And then people's thrive on that experience I think whether it be going on a guided tour learning about the world of Shakespeare or watching a Shakespeare play or creating Shakespeare themed activities for all ages 
I mean, even on the website, my quote, our, our diverse program of work harnesses the power of performance, cultivates intellectual curiosity, makes like learning to make Shakespeare accessible to all which I think it does with the whole variety that goes on there. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think especially the education programs that the Globe offers really helps to um, just smash those misconceptions that people, especially young children, have of Shakespeare. And I think a lot of people overall just tend to have those misconceptions about Shakespeare um, from a young age until they get stuck into it outside of the classroom and they really find out for themselves what it's all about. Um, so since working at the globe have your opinions on shakespeare's work changed at all or even your opinions on what it means to be part of the theater making process um i'd say that de- the opinion sort of on the bard's work has definitely been heightened since working at the globe and having that closer perspective um and like having a more deep understanding of the fact that he had he had a profound understanding of us as humans yeah how we feel how we act etc in some ways his unique use of the english language helped create these beautiful works of art in his plays and regardless of the time difference the more that i time that i've spent with the bar the more i've grown to appreciate his relevance to life in general as well as the ever-changing events of his time i mean it reflects in the theater that we see today because there's a constant changing motion of events that's constantly happening to give that spark of inspiration. I mean, with the pandemic, it's definitely been a time of reflection and I think inspiration in terms of what we might expect from the next work that might come along. Yeah, I I think you're bang on there. What I I love about The Globe is that it it really does imbue this sense of historicism in in the way that it puts on performances. And apart from that, it does just an excellent job at offering interactive performances and interactive learning as well which is what I want to talk to you um, about next obviously as you've just mentioned theatre has taken quite a large hit during the pandemic and a lot of them have been uh, relying on donations and such to survive Um, to a lot of people these theatres are just places to go and relax for a few hours away from everything but there's so much more in terms of providing work not just for crew and cast but also work for education and learning the globe included so when it comes to putting on Shakespeare how does the globe help to provide a space for inclusivity and immersive learning um I think in terms of the inclusivity and immersive learning I know that one thing that Michelle Terry is very focused on is to like go go away from like the less hierarchical approach to creating work and to really focus on the ensemble yeah so there's no like difference in positions like everyone's an equal in terms of creating the work that Devon given and it definitely makes everything more accessible and I think in terms of and creates more inclusivity you know whether it's the workshop or lectures about certain topics or poem reading etc um I mean you have events like the glow to glow festival there's definitely an array of activities that show the diversity, you know, to learn and immerse in. I mean, for example, one event that I got to experience myself was an event called Sonic Sunday. Um, it was called immersive experience where people got to walk around the site and you could, and um, you didn't know who was a member of the performing company because they're all dressed in like everyday clothes. And um, so there could be by chance you get, you'd, 
bump into one of them, they'll perform like a sonnet, like right there in front of you and like interact with you, which was quite exciting. It's quite exciting. It's like, oh. That's amazing. <laughs> but it was really fun and it followed at the end with a inclusive community performance where people who worked at the Globe performed sonnets as well. Mm-hmm. And then lots of community groups from London, like there was a gospel choir that performed a sonnet and a song. They like integrated it together. It was sort of, really reflected on how far the globe's come in terms of the diversity and the immersiveness and the inclusivity as well with the array of people that were there. That sounds so cool. I, I really need to get stuck into these events more often at the globe because I, I hear so much about them all the time, but I've never actually, uh, well, I've never been to the globe that where I wasn't watching a performance. I've never been for like a, a tour or a talk and I really should. But thinking about theatres overall, something that audiences may take for granted, I think, when they're there, especially now that people are anxious to get back to it, now that things are opening up, is just how much work goes into that seemingly effortless product on the stage. I think a lot of audiences don't quite realise just how much they're not seeing at every performance. So tell me, what backstage elements go into making uh, a production at the Globe? I mean, with the Globe as well, considering it's outside, you've got like the whole venue to consider in terms of the showing that the space is of is about most safety for the cast and crew and everyone. So it's checking the space, making sure there's no trip hazards and everything, and making sure that um, as well that you're preparing the props and various items that you know go into the various spaces, working out where everything goes, and so that's a clear pathway for the company to go through um then of course there's the whole doors and checking you know there's checking everything's in working condition you know the big doors opening and closing um and then one one thing as well is that there is like a recording room up upstairs you know where the musicians are and one thing that you check is just to make sure that there's like a video put in because they record every single performance and everything that they do just to ensure that it's in the archives and that it's you know accounted for and then in case you know it needs to come back in the future but I mean with the pandemic that's come up I mean there's definitely much more changes in terms of with health and safety really focusing on that so from what I've heard recently they've got staggered spacing in the yard so there's enhanced cleaning regular cast testing then backstage with the props and costumes, instead of like being kept together, they're now being kept separate as well, just to ensure that everything's safe. And I mean, with Shakespeare as well, I mean, the plays have social distance built into them. Yeah, I I definitely know what you mean by that. And I've obviously not worked in a professional theatre myself, but I have done bits and bobs uh, behind the scenes on campus when a production has been going on. Um, But even so, I have no idea what uh, is going on in the tech department. I'm I'm completely clueless about that. So please uh, give me your insight. And how can tech requirements differ from production to production? Uh, In terms of the tech requirements, I'd say they, with the Globe, um, I know especially with Michelle Terry, they definitely have the same amount of tech at their disposal. I mean, every tech differs along with a diverse range of adaptations of Shakespeare's work. It depends on the artistic vision and how the adaptation would like to be portrayed in terms of what tech elements could be used to help bring that to life. 
Um, yeah, it could be just as sim simple washes, like sometimes, I know, what was it? Oh, I'm trying to think of various productions, but I know, I remember one was like, you know, just simple washes throughout, and then one was like, you had stronger like color washes and spotlights and a little bit of strobing. It kind of varies, really. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can imagine it, it does so, especially with different artistic directors. And I think over the most recent years, we've seen quite a variety of productions come out of the Globe, not just conceptually, but technically too. Um, so how do you think the Globe's different artistic directors have utilised the tech on offer? Wow. <laughs> the main two, of course, that spring to mind, which I'm sure you're well aware of, is... Emma Rice and Michelle Terry in terms of their differences. Yeah. Shall or shall I start with Emma? <laughs> um, let's go with Emma. I mean, her tech elements were more experimental. I mean, the one to start off with is, of course, the one that opened her season was Imogen Cymbeline, which is mm -hmm. the show that we went to see in the third year when I was publicity officer. That was the first big theatre trip. It was like so different compared to the usual Shakespeare that you see. I mean, it has diverse at its bones because the production was all about access and you could see it. It was like, with as well as access to Shakespeare, access for women, disabled actors, for the audience. I mean, and the fact with the setting, it celebrated modern London in sort of the joyful way. And, you, and even with the jig at the end, sort of a way for Emma to keep tradition. It was done to Stormzy. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was done to Stormzy. I can't picture that. I'm, I'm trying to. It was, like, contemporary and really, like, breathtaking. And, like, the lights were, like, you had a little strobe, strobing and then, like, you know, flashing as well. And it sort of brought back the real world as well as modern London. But, you know, it created this fresh, cool, radical look and really showed the inclusivity of you know the the players that were on the stage and just it was just so nice to see like the, the change from the you know the Shakespeare the productions that we're used to in the classic setting but yeah she had like modern music she had lighting a little bit of strobe she had the actors there was like a fight scene they were like on harnesses <laughs> it was it was magical and like she brought front the infinite possibilities from the power of theatre that really were a joy to witness and to see the range of people that were there as well. And then Michelle Terry, she stripped that back. She stripped back the tech and she, I know from her speaking in the past, she wants the, she wanted the tech to be mainly functional, mm. allowing the focus to be on the work itself rather whether it be, you know, production, educational tour, so forth. I mean, in one interview, she states um there will be no amplified sound the lighting there'll be a lighting and reduced lighting rig only because we want to do plays in the evening or if we only were only doing original practice we do only matinees there's also a lot of educational work that goes on and also we need technology it's functional rather than effective it's very it's very simplified from the work that emma did but i mean it still had its purpose at the end of the day like the lighting that was that's been used in Michelle's production so far. You know, they put the focus on the various scenes that are intended or characters if they're doing a soliloquy or if they're in a different space of the globe, whether they're on the ground floor. They both have similar vi visions in terms of to create a world of Shakespeare that's diverse, um, inclusive and accessible to all, but they have very different outlooks in terms, especially 
as you see with the shows that they've produced, like put on like the Globe, like Emma, you had variety of adaptations, not just Shakespeare, but like new plays. Yeah. You had Tanika Gupta's Lions and Tigers as well, and the Sam Wanamaker. They had Romantics Anonymous, which I know is now gone with her company, Wise Children. Um, you had installations. I was like a forest installation as well. They had a lot of variety of things, and Michelle's really stripped that back. And um, and with the tech, it's it's definitely functional. You like you focus on the work at hand, and it's gone back to the mixing classical, adaptable, and uh, enjoyable for all. I think that really just goes to show you how universal and versatile Shakespeare's work still is. I think I I never quite understood the art of uh tech in in theater until coming to uni and seeing the inner workings of it because obviously i i appreciated um it from an audience's perspective in the past when when going to the theater but i i never really appreciated it with the amount of respect it deserves until uni and i saw how things actually worked especially when you're at university like just even if it's something that you're not really experienced, like go for it because you never know what you, you never know until you try. And I mean, when you go out of uni, definitely, I know from my experience, the more things you know, it kind of helps you and it could help you in the future. Whether it's you need like a tech operator, maybe maybe a lighting person sick and, you know, oh yeah, I, I can do it because you know how to work a light, lighting board or, you know, anything can happen but I think people at uni should definitely give it a try it's not something to be overlooked because it could be a skill that could be useful in the future absolutely I I agree and I I think I only have one memory at my four years at Royal Holloway of of having a a full-on tech workshop and I don't remember any of it unfortunately Um, and I was never the tech liaison for my FYP um, last year so I I have no idea what's going on, basically. <laughs> but I, w- I would like to. And if I do have the opportunity in the future, I, w- I would definitely want to get more involved. Um, but going back to the Globe now, um, what is the what what is their attitude towards props, costumes, lighting traditionally um, when producing Shakespeare? Um, I, with all of that, anything related like props, costume, it depends on the adaptation but I know with any of those elements they would they have the attitude of wanting to keep everything authentic and as real as possible yeah. um especially with props and costume they have prop makers costume makers that's specific to you know creating and bringing these items to life so they do re- a lot of research beforehand in terms of like before they make the items so like history size color shape to ensure that you know it's almost identical when it it's created but the globe has a massive store where all these props costumes everything's kept and they do like daily checks on them just to make sure like everything is looked after with care love and attention and it's amazing to see their amount of range because they have such an extensive range of course from all the years that they've been there since because like when i went to that storeroom like everything from what I saw was in such good nick and attention just shows that the the great work that they do. That that's so cool. I, I have such uh 
fascination or maybe it's an obsession with uh, co- uh, costume and props d- departments in theatres. Um, I remember like the little alcove in the RSC where they have uh, costumes that you can just try on in front of a mirror and I I was obsessed with that corner when I went there a few years ago. Um, I guess it's almost quite poetic in a way because of their historicized approach to productions um, as a whole. Um, so to you, what is the theatrical significance of the Globe's stripped back um, approach to creating productions? I mean, it's major because the fact that what the Bard has done has like paved the way to how theatre is today as such, because with everything that's gone on, I mean, with the approach as well, the Globe has kept it, you know, to continuing its loyalty to, to the Bard. I mean, it's Shakespeare's Globe, it's the Bard, that's the set, it's the hub of it all with the on-site replica as well. I mean, it allows the audiences to have the first-hand glimpse, you know, in, in witnessing, witnessing, you know, iambic pentameter and what theatre in Shakespeare's day was like, you know, with the only thatched roof in London as well. And I had to fight. I, I, um, I remember going on the education tour and they said about the thatched roof and that they really had to fight just to keep, just to have that in place. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's theatre in the fresh air as well, being in the round, and the, the approach is a constant outlet for everyone to access Shakespeare and to create a deep understanding for his work. So I think it's definitely significant in terms of continuing with theatre today. That's that's just fantastic, and and hearing what you've you've had to say about it has made me realise just how fascinating it is as a workplace not just as a place to you know watch and and learn about Shakespeare Um, but now I want to travel back a a few years and ask you about your time at Royal Holloway as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode you you gained a lot of experience from taking part in so many shows when you were there um, as a student so the first thing I wanted to ask was what were your favorite shows to work on and why? I mean, there is a lot. I, I love them all, but um, I'm not the type of person that has a singular favourite. I'm kind of like... So in terms of... Let's go per society with societies. Okay. So Savoy, I only ever worked on Ilanthi, which... So I enjoyed it as my glimpse into Savoy and like how that works and the type of show. And, and Ilanthi was a, a show that had a really dramatic storyline and it was just a joy to be part of the journey. Student workshop, it's oh, it's a toss up between Race for Space and Guards Guards. Race for Space, it was my the only time during during uni that I worked as a publicity officer for a show, and like the concept of the show was really quite exciting because it's creating a piece of theatre by um devising a piece of theatre based on a music album okay. uh, from a band called Public Service Broadcasting. And it was an album that relieves the race space between the America, the US and the Soviet Union. Oh, right. <laughs> guards, guards, because it was my second show as a DSM. And basically you learn from your first time where you make, because obviously any first show, there's all there's are, there are mistakes that are made. Yeah, it's definitely one what I learned. Definitely learned from the past and what to make sure everything will work smoothly. Drama society, <laughs> you got Wizard of Oz, Blythe Spirit, and Bluebird. So Wizard of Oz is the only time I've ever acted 
in a show at Royal Holloway with a society. So it was kind of nice to go onto the other side of the curtain for a change. Yeah, I bet. And um, the concept was really fun and unique. I was the, I was a wicked witch. Brilliant. <laughs> so I was green. Um, green, green, like the whole, my whole face and my arms were covered in green, but my, with the unique concept as it was, my costume looked like I belonged in ABBA. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like a purple, like jumpsuit, very sort of 70s, sort of like quite sparkly, sequiny. So yeah, it was like, I was the Wicked Witch, yet I could be like, dancing queen <laughs> what a concept what a concept and then musical theater i'll have to say hunger games that i i my mind is blown i can't i can't <laughs> you picture can't picture it <laughs> the concept was musical theater you know famous like duos facing off hunger game style and then shakespeare was I would have to say Othello, which is always good. So yeah, there we go. So many amazing shows. <laughs> so as as well as uh, working with uh, all, I think, the major performing arts societies, you've also worked in quite a lot of different crew roles, as you have uh, mentioned a few of already. Stage manager, DSM, publicity officer, producer. You've been part of several tech crews, of course. And I think you were part of the uh, student workshops shadow scheme at one point as well. But if if there is anybody out there listening right now and uh, you haven't yet got involved with the performing arts on campus or maybe you're still debating it, definitely go in for it. Um, although I started off acting in um, Shakespeare Sox spring term last year, I've been part of their last three, uh, three productions this year as a crew member. The same crew member, in fact. I've been the dramaturg for every single one of them. Um, basically the, the resident dramaturg at this point. I will never leave. I'll just be, I'll just keep coming back and haunting them. <laughs> um, but I've, I've absolutely loved that experience as a whole. So uh, Rebecca, as, as someone who has had a lot more experience than I have, what do you think someone can gain from being part of a, a crew or society? So much. I mean, it can enhance skills that you have. You can learn new ones and these skills can be useful for the future, whether you, they choose to use them or not. I mean, even socially, you're meeting new people all the time and it definitely enriches your university experience, as I'm sure you've figured out as well for your university journey. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I was I didn't do anything in my first year, unfortunately. Um, I took part in several projects. I should have joined in first year because honestly, it's such an enriching experience, as you've just said, and the friends you make and and you're more likely to find people on your wavelength that way than, you know, in the classroom, which I think is definitely a benefit. But uh, just just putting the limelight on, on Shakespeare's sock, uh, as a whole, what was your experience of the society during your time at Royal Holloway? I mean, if I had... Oh, I mean, I didn't experience Shakespeare fully until my third final year. As publicity officer, I'll just say Shakespeare was like my whole third year, basically. That was the same for me, actually. I became more involved as a whole, you know, events, productions and so forth. I mean, everyone was, everyone in the society was always really friendly and there was a kind of real clear connect, connected passion with the bar, which was clear to see from everyone. I really enjoyed seeing the showbiz that came to light and the way that the bards were would be interpreted. There was definitely a variety of adaptations throughout my time at Royal Holloway. Um... But yes, the publicity role. I had a camera basically attached to me the whole entire year. (laughs) 
Um, but my aim with the society was to elevate its presence at Royal Holloway because at the time I didn't think Shakespeare was quite prominent. Mm. Just to show the society and for people to, you know, experience it, you know, to come along to an event and maybe, you know, learn more. And I used, definitely used photography and video to aid me in achieving that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you think that being part of the society at all inspired you to work on professional Shakespearean productions? I mean, it's definitely inspired me. Um, I mean, as for experiencing the whole process um, of a Shakespeare production, you know, to have that experience under my belt has definitely been useful with what to potentially expect from a full professional one. I mean, the experience with the society, in my experience, has definitely been useful in interviews that I've done in the past. It's just, no, it's just another example of crewing or even Royal Holloway cast experiences being valuable to for creating a path towards a career that, you know, that you would like to pursue. Yeah, I, I do love the society and I, I will miss it when I go very very soon actually but um i i i i'll take i'll take those memories and i'll cherish them and you know you're in it for life i think if if you join and memories are made and again what what not just our society but every performing arts society on campus does is inspire students to go and and go out into the world use what they've uh, what skills they've learned in the societies and and pursue that in in the real world and I think I think that's a a great thing um so just to wrap up now what advice would you give to any freshers or young theatre makers out there if they wanted to pursue theatre as a career um theatre makers I'd say trust your unconscious I mean as young theatre makers you think that you need to in a way have everything figured out like feed and inspire yourself let the other side of your brain take over and trust the ideas will come. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't prepare, but creative moments come when you least expect them. As I've said <laughs> before, don't be afraid to try new things. Um, take the time to figure out what you like, don't like, tap into skills you haven't already used and continue learning. Embrace everyone you meet, whether it be guest lecturers, staff or fellow students. I mean, these friendships you can have or people you could work with in the future, whether it can be performers, playwrights, directors, producers, stage managers, everything will pass by. So be in the moment and enjoy every second. I, th- I think that's that's great advice. Um, and I think that is all we have time for today. But a big thank you to you, Rebecca, for coming on and talking to us. It's been really enlightening. Thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> no worries. We It's been glad to have you on. And uh, good luck with the, the future career-wise as well. Thank you and all the best with the rest of the term with Shakespeare Society, especially with the 10th year anniversary. Very exciting. Thank you. And a big thank you to everyone who listened at home today. This has been Cassie Dixon. Stay safe, and in the words of the Bard himself, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy.